seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 222. This is kind of a cool thing of Color of Magic, your magic gaming podcast where we talk about all types of things that affect gamers at and away from their gamers and computers, from their game tables and computers. Wow, what am I saying? It's a hell of a day already. But for 222 episodes, I am Daquan Watson. I still got my main man here, Brian Allen. What is up, dude? I know what you meant. You know, game, computers, tables, things. We know. There's, yeah. I mean, there's all, well, what can you not game on now? Your phone, probably a watch. I mean, it's just everything. They're everywhere. That is true. I've seen people gaming in their car. Like, apparently, that when I was, when I was, I got an Uber and they had like a little screen set up, and you can even choose little games to play okay. while you're on your Uber. Right here in the back. I know I've seen yeah. TVs in, uh, in cars and stuff, like in the, in the back seat. Yeah, so it's crazy now. You can literally game everywhere. It's wild. Now we have a lot to talk about, including another AI issue with with Watsy. So that's that's something we're going to cover. But before we get into anything, I gotta say, dude, do you see that thing about the aliens in Miami? I I heard about it. But I didn't really. I don't think I clicked on it. Yeah. So supposedly there was a big ruckus at a mall that had everybody scattering and somebody started a story about there being these like eight or nine foot aliens or something and these shadowy figures. And then it sort of became in this like internet meme or whatever. So I now mean, the mall like, aliens, yeah, just, that, what kind of stranger <laughs> things nonsense is this? Dude, that was my thing. Like take well, us to Lululemon. <laughs> yeah. And here's my thing. This is what I told me. I said, first off, I believe there are aliens. So, like, I could buy into this, but you got to give me something, right? There's there's not even a grainy picture. There's no problematic video. There's no... Any, and people are like, oh, well, some people are trying to take pictures, but then they wouldn't work. And I'm like, okay, cool. So, at some point, you ain't got nothing. You don't even have, like, the camera that stopped working when the alien showed up and they started working again. Like, you got like, to give me something. Like, convince Mitch me that... Mitch explained this. Bigfoot's just grainy. That's just what he looks like. Yeah, you know, exactly. that's why you can't get a regular picture. So same applies to aliens, I guess. Plus, you know what else I do? We saw them cops in Uvalde with one shooter, and they wouldn't even go inside the building. So you can tell me more cops are going to show up and go inside whenever there's aliens. Like I'm going to hope the cops in Florida are a little more hardcore. I mean, they, the ones in Uvalde were sitting there putting hand sanitizer on. Yeah, exactly. Did you go get COVID from this? The ones in Uvalde, I'm sorry, just really did not want to go in. So after that was, bot, after that having all that, that's what's crazy is, you know, the, the police departments get all these grants where, you know, supposedly for terrorism and, you know, this was when you needed all that equipment and nobody wanted to go in. Yeah. And then that was the other thing, too. Like, let's say there were aliens in Miami. We didn't shut down any flights. We didn't have, like, the, the black suits showing up. No CIA. No, no, like, come on now. Right. If that existed, we there would definitely be a much bigger to do about it. You know what I mean? So I told people there's not. And then the only footage they found or I could find that somebody had actually recorded were trying to say, see, you can see it moving between the police cars, which one, it was outside. So if that was a thing, there'd definitely be way more footage at that point. Right. But then if you look at it and you zoom in, it's really just three or four cops walking between cop cars. 
And because of the lights from the cars, you know how it makes like the elongated shadow yeah. when you have a light? Well, they're walking between cars, so there's just lights making shadows. We're to the point now where there could legit be a zombie apocalypse and half of the country would be like, there's no zombies. I mean, That's not a real thing. That's what the government wants you to believe. There's no zombies. One, just give me one real thing. Because remember, we almost had that with the, what was it, bath salts or whatever yeah. at one point almost gave us zombies. So that was a weird thing for a minute. So, so we almost had zombies, and at least people had footage. You know, like, so we could see some people freaking out over bath salts. So that was the thing. But yeah, man, it's, it's been a crazy time this week. It, 2024 has came in swinging. Like, 2024 said, look, I know I'm an election year, but I'm going to give y'all some other stuff so y'all forget me. I got, yeah. I got stuff, you know. Cat so, Williams, <laughs> we got everything. Oh, yeah. 2024. Dude, yeah, yeah, Cat Williams. We got people stealing limited edition Stanley mugs from Starbucks. We got, oh, that chick that, that, had the Munchausen syndrome or whatever, and like yeah, had to free. Do her mom and all that. Yeah, yeah, that was a thing. And then, and then tried to go see Taylor Swift, and they kicked her out of the state, preventing Taylor Swift from just sending her security people. Like, no, no, this. No, I, you, we had that dude who dunked himself. What was it in Alabama or whatever at a Bass Pro Shop? Just went skinny dipping in the middle of everybody. I'm like, man, 2024 is wild and already Alabama. It's crazy. But yeah, before we get into the good stuff this week, <laughs> be sure to check out our sponsor over at CoolStuffInc.com. You can use code DRAGON, you'll save 5% on your order, and you can get all types of stuff there. It doesn't even have to just be magic stuff. So if you're going to be getting any nerd things, check out CoolStuffInc.com and use code DRAGON to save some money. Also, if you want to support the show, you can go to Patreon.com slash Color Magic and get a shout out just like Timmy Figs. That's just, that almost feels like a mobster name. Like... Wow. We'll talk Timmy Figs. <laughs> but thanks for being a sponsor of the show as a patron. And then, as always, you can go to colorofmtg.com slash shop to get some merch. But all right, let's get down to business. That brings us to our lead story. And, man, there was a big fuss on social media this week. And, unfortunately, somebody in charge of a social media account just got the brunt of the community. <laughs> they had to deal with some yeah. stuff this week, man. It was not... Not a good day if you were in charge of the uh, Magic social media account. And mostly because, to, to set the scene for, for what led to all of it, they shared an image, a promo image, of five of the, I believe they were the Shocklands that are going to be in Ravnica Remastered with a different border on them. And they were laying on, like, I guess a desk and other things in the scene that uh, supposedly... Watsy has contracted a third party to produce. They assumed it came from an actual artist from the thing. Turns out that artist had actually used some amount of AI to generate that background that those cards were sitting on. That turned into a whole thing. And part of it was because the person on social media account, and we talked about this off the air, I think wrongfully doubled down on it instead of just like yeah. questioning it or checking it. But again, I at least cut them a little bit of slack because... So far, they've, you know, it's gone through three checks and gets to you. You assume it's good. I don't know how much like I can cut you and you've gone out and basically called the customers a lie. That's part of where Like, that is wrong. I don't think it, again, I think my issue is the vitriol that came after the person for it. If you call oh, me a liar, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to come at you the way you came at me. <laughs> that's fine. People can be mad. I, I give you the right to be mad. That's fine. Like, go for it. I mean, if I, if I just, if you tell me but something you, like, no, but you're, you're, but that doesn't you're not, the level of people making threats and everything else and whatever. I, I don't think, yeah, no, don't be threatening people. That's obviously. What I'm saying. I don't think we ever need to go to that level. 
Like, even if you call me a liar or whatever, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to be mad about it, but I ain't going to go threatening you or whatever. The, the majority of people, I think, were just saying, hey. A bunch of people were fine. A bunch of people were fine. But, again, I think this is a system issue more than the issue with the the social media manager, right? Because that, again, went through multiple people. So somebody probably should have went like, hey, something doesn't look right, whatever. And but somebody I, probably would have if they were fully staffed, but they just laid maybe, off a few hundred people. I mean, that being said, up until this week, which was the resolution, that wasn't really anybody's job before, you know? And part of it might just be we're in this new AI world and it hadn't been a thing that was a super concern before. Yeah, and now it is. But also, reading between the lines here, I know Watsy does use some third-party people regularly, and this probably was one that they trusted, and then they got their thing and went, okay, cool. Yeah, their artwork's always good. They always use other artists. It's fine. And then this time... We don't know how long they've had the artwork either. Don't tell how long they've been sitting on that because they just came... While well, I guess internally they were they had already decided they weren't using AI, they just came out and assured everybody they weren't going to use AI, what, two weeks ago, I think we talked about this. Yeah, yeah. So, like, so I'm with you there. And even with that, they said, I think, uh, for final pieces of art for final pieces of magic art which technically this i guess wouldn't apply to because this is promotional stuff yeah but still you, you just don't want to be involved in it you know just it's better to say we're using no ai right but but they that's not what they said though yeah but but i but i think also like i said to me this also feels like your third party vendor should have known better right like like this is one of those things that, like... Yeah, and it depends on how long they've had that art. We, we don't know when this was done. Watsy also sounded like they weren't happy with it, and they're not going to be working with somebody again, too. Now, they didn't throw anybody under the bus. They didn't say who it was. At least they not. They didn't give a name. They, they yeah. basically threw they, a third party under the bus and just tell you who it was. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right? Like, they, they explained it, but they didn't tell you who it was. And, and it might be because... It might have been a studio, but then the work came from a person. Like, who knows? They may not even 100%. Out there in the art community, I'm sure plenty of people know who it is. Somebody probably knows. Like, somebody probably knows. We'll hear the name probably at some point. But but that's an interesting thing, right? And now, like I said, the resolution was there's somebody's job who is to check all the stuff that goes out now or whatever. But, yeah, this the thing thing I wanted to ask, like, a real discussion. and And I don't have a real dog in the fight other than like, Hey, I'd like artists to keep their jobs, but what percentage of art, if any is acceptable to be even AI assisted. And the, and the example I want to use is like, say you are a good known artist and you're, you're making something different for the first time, but you know, you're not good at drawing bears or cathedrals or I don't know, whatever it is. Right. And you need one of those things in your background to make the scene look right or if you need a castle or something, but you literally draw with your hands, everything else, whether that's digital or paint it or whatever is having that one building or that one animal be AI done acceptable or no. Like, should it be zero? I think at this point it's unacceptable because at that point there is, there's somebody that draws cathedrals or bears excellently and you could have hired them. Sure. And that, I mean, that 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 always, the, the, those people are always going to be upset because they raise hands. Hey, I can draw bears, I can draw cathedrals, and you know why? Now, why, why wasn't I used? Now here comes the other thing too. Do we reach a point where if people share their process, well, let's say you're known for drawing bears, right, or cathedrals or whatever's horses, 
and you use AI to draw from your own images. Is that acceptable? And you show I feel that, like the, the climate and, we're in now, no robots are going to be accepted. That yeah, may, I, I suspect it will change as we get further and further sure, out sure. and sadly have to deal with more. And, and we had, there's more, even in this podcast, talking about more AI oh, things yeah, yeah. coming for Kevin for our jobs. <laughs> but, but, you know, I'm asking because, like, that is a real thing. There are artists that are known for doing a certain thing, right? And yeah. if you, as systems get more advanced and you're only drawing from your own artwork to generate the thing just to maybe save yourself some time or whatever, is that even allowed, right? And if you can prove it. It like, sounds like no. At I, this assume point. no. I assume no, <laughs> yeah. but I, I just think it's a good intellectual exercise with the world that we're in now because a lot's going to be changing. Now, at the end of the day, we talked about it last week or the week before, like everybody wants original artwork because you can still own it, right? That's, that's regardless of we want to keep hiring artists and they can have their jobs or whatever. Like, I believe, yes, they, they believe that on some level, but at the end of the day, it's about being able to make money off the thing that's produced. Right? Yeah, we know the right. stockholders will replace everybody in that building with robots if they could do so. <laughs> Yeah, if the laws ever change where they can own that thing in some way that's produced, you're going to see things change. But for now, it's still more beneficial to have original artwork produced because you can own all of it, right? You can put it in magazines or websites. You can make ads. You can put it on merchandise. You can put it on action figures, whatever, right? You can't do that if it's AI produced. And And right now, everybody is up in arms about AI. I don't know if we're going to keep that same energy five years from now, 10 years from now, as more people use it. There's a video game recently that I believe used large amounts of of, uh, computer generated stuff. And I don't know if it ended up hurting their nose. There was an outcry. All the major games, I believe it was a. I can't remember the name of the game. It was it was one of the ones that uh, the guy that just got fired from Rick and Morty. I think he was involved oh, in and really okay helped design and so you know, all the gaming sites covered it. But again, I don't know if it did anything to their bottom line because again, it was a huge news story for about a week and then it just kind of died off. So I don't know if it hurt their bottom line in the least. Yeah, the other issue you have too is there's already being. AI assisted portions of programs being made, right? Yeah. Like Photoshop and some of those things that some of the artists use. So at any point, are they able to use it to smooth something out, coloring or whatever, right? Like how much or what parts of AI are we accepting or not? And I think that's what changes over time. But yeah, High on Life was the game. Okay, I do it, remember hearing about that. I don't, yeah, I, don't, I could not. I didn't know anybody who played it or anything, but I do remember hearing it talked about. Yeah. But so yeah, the company did that game, made, you know, whatever money they felt like they needed to make and everything goes okay. What stops them from doing a, a similar game again with more more computer generated stuff? There's nothing that <laughs> probably stops them if they feel like yeah. they feel like they made their money back. It's a weird time, you know. Uh again, the resolution to this was hey, we're gonna put people in place. Part of their job is to check the artwork we get contract or whatever comes in isn't AI, whatever. My guess is that's probably spot checking some things and then running it through. Now they have programs that can detect how much is AI generated. So that that'll probably be or the likelihood that it's AI or not. So I'm sure that'll be what a lot of it is. But 
yeah, that's just the world we're going to be in for a minute. And and, and this, uh, you know, this shows us the, the problems of the pitfalls. Because remember when we first talked about this, uh, you said, hey, you know, when a company tells you something, if it still applies in four or five years, that's about the best you can do. And in this case, we didn't even get four or five weeks. And it's because, you know, again, somebody, something was outsourced. And yeah. they either, you know... As I said, there's so many things we don't know in terms of like how long they had the yeah, artwork, yeah. whether relationship with the, the company, all that. Yeah. yeah. The unfortunate thing was just the first person to respond to, to, to people doubling down on what turned out to be wrong and then having to come back and even not really completely apologize, just more like, hey, yeah, we're wrong. <laughs> next, uh, next topic, please. Yeah. It, and I, I thought that was fine. Just like, hey, yeah, we were wrong. Here's what we realized. Here's where we got the artwork. They didn't give, you said they you didn't, mentioned you hate apologies or don't like apologies. They, they didn't tell you the name, but that's fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, because again, they may not know the actual person who did the thing or whatever. So you're not trying to throw a whole company under the bus or whatever, depending on the where the art came from and the relationship or whatever. So I get that. And then at least giving you a solution of, hey, we're going to try to prevent this in the future by having people in place that have to check everything that comes in now or whatever, which... Honestly, that's probably going to be a thing we start seeing with a lot of companies. You know, I think Wizards is going to be the most prominent in our industry just because of the sheer volume of art that they contract every year, but between all their products. But yeah, I think this is honestly the best thing for other companies is that this happened to Wizards. (laughs) So you can go, "Uh, you know what? Maybe we need a person that's going to look at stuff now or, hey, maybe we got to vet these third parties a little bit harder or maybe we got to set some guidelines forever, right? And, and uh, who else is who else is weighed in in the gaming industry is definitely saying they're not using AI art. Is he? Uh, heard I don't think from, uh, definitively said it, but I think you'll see it as far as like Games Workshop because they do a fair amount of artwork for their stuff for 4K, yeah. right? You're going to see it from some other companies too. Of just like, yeah, we see the reaction, we see what's going on, you know. And you and believe me, if you're a smaller company, you'd rather it happen to somebody big like Wizards. Yeah. So, so like, because they can afford a little bit of snafu here that you can't, you know what I mean? Like, if you get beat up in your first big project that you spend a million dollars on, like, you might be broke. Yeah. So getting to see it go down and you getting to learn from their mistakes is probably the best thing that can happen to the industry right now. I don't know that Disney said, but obviously Disney or account, unless so many people are buying it, their people are going to buy it and not play it. They're buying it for the artwork. Yeah. So, of course, I'm sure they're going to. You know, put yeah. great human-drawn Disney artwork. And honestly, if Arcana wants to, they can just pull from artwork in the Disney library. You know what I mean? Like, and people are still going to be happy with a lot of that. So they don't they don't have to go crazy if they don't want to. But again, that, that comes to the, new, the question I was asking earlier, right? If Disney creates a system that only looks at Disney artwork to generate artwork for a Disney card, is that okay? Like, we get a different, like, Mickey Mouse in a Santa hat or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. But, like, that's a question I think over time it's probably going to be developed and we're going to have to talk about. But let's step into the soapbox because uh, there are some things this week. Now, this comes up from time to time. And it came up a couple times this week. And... The reason is I built this deck that was a life gain deck that to basically give some people some options against the mono red aggro decks. Because if you're gaining a bunch of life, they're going to have a hard time beating you, right? And while I was recording, I think I recorded either five or six games. I can't remember. 
and I just didn't run into a mono red deck while I was recording. But the deck was still good, showed the results, played against some aggro decks, similar thing, you know, whatever. Got a couple of people that are like, see, Arena's rigged. As soon as you build a deck to beat mono red and blah, blah, blah. Like, really, though? Really? Like, you didn't care that it's it didn't have- you think Arena's code is that sophisticated. First of all. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, that's part of my problem, right? That you can't say that Wizard's completely incompetent, but then they make this whole magical system that can figure all these things out, right? Either, either they're terrible or they're not, right? You can't be like, oh, well- they magically know whenever you're a streamer and you're live or they give streaming accounts the thing to draw extra cards or blah, blah. I don't, there's all these conspiracy theories. And I'm like, what does that benefit, though? Like anybody who's a longtime listener of the show, we tell you, we like a good conspiracy theory around here. But you you got to give me a reason right. that is believable. Like who benefits from it being a thing? Right. Like one, people play enough arena, especially people that make a living on it to where they would notice things like that. And that would be a problem because some number of people would talk about it and it'd be a big issue. So you don't want that, right? You also have the issue of the people that are better at arena and paper tend to also be really, or magic on paper, tend to be good at arena, right? If you couldn't win more than 50% or it was rigged against you or whatever, that wouldn't be the case, right? So none of that really matters. Also, if you go back and look at my videos over the last four or five days, I only, for it coincidentally, only played against Mono Red a couple of times. So it wasn't because I had a particular deck that beats Mono Red or whatever or was targeting Mono Red. It just didn't happen. And well, I, I will say, if some, if there was a way to actually be able to, to rig a game's computer program that way, how much fun would it be to watch a, a top-tier player go against some, pro, some program that purposely rigs all the odds against them? That would be great. I mean, I'm just giving you an idea if somebody knows how to design that. Maybe, <laughs> just, but I would also say, me, like, they would realize that mathematically that like something doesn't add up. You know what I mean? Like oh, no, I'm saying, say, tell yeah. everybody, be, oh, be on the open with it. <laughs> like I mean, like a challenge. Yeah. Like this is yeah. there's some games on Twitch that'll that'll let people like, add more zombies or more like increase or the difficulty or whatever as yeah. you're better. Yeah, like that makes sense. But yeah, so and then I also told them like that same deck they were complaining about. Like coincidentally, I was going to test a couple of cards in there, so I just opened it up this morning to mess with things. And lo and behold, the first two matchups I had were mono red decks. <laughs> like, so the thing there, it was just timing. Like some of those players just happen to not be on or at the same rank I was on or whatever. I just didn't run into them. It doesn't mean it's rigged. It's just those are the odds. Like, here's the thing in paper, and you've probably know this, Brian. Like, you prep for a tournament, you know what the top one or two decks are that weekend. You got your sideboard, you put six or eight cards in there to deal with those matchups. Eight rounds, you don't face a one of them. Right. Like I've had that, I've made top eight and somehow dodged all the big cards throughout the weekend. Somehow it just happens like, sometimes, and it's just like man. And so all weekend I'm just going like I have these wasted sideboard slots. I haven't used them. I was basically playing with the five card sideboard or whatever, right? Because like I just never hit the two big matchups I was working. You know, sometimes people know, or not sometimes every major tournament people know what the big yeah. decks are. So you got if you're going to play that, you got to know you're the best. <laughs> you can get through. Dude, you can get through eight hours of that. I had played know? event where the top two decks were something close to 30% of the room and did not play one into the top eight. Like, so that's when people say, oh, it's rigged. I'm like, y'all just haven't played enough magic, <laughs> right? Like random is random. That's yeah. why it happens. Like the bad parts of random will happen as well as the good parts of random, or it wouldn't be random. <laughs> like if, if there was some magical number that always fell in the middle, 
it wouldn't be random, like by definition, you know, like it just wouldn't. It's not rigged. Now, I will say this. If you're playing in the play queue, it does care about your deck because it tries to figure out like how many rares or not or whatever. So you get like similar matchups because they try to make the play queue to be fair to people's collections and whatever. So you're not just getting beat by the best decks hopping in there. And that makes total sense. Pair newer accounts with newer accounts, yeah. with similar numbers of cards or whatever. So it does check you there in the play queue. But on the ranked ladder, it does not care what type of deck you're playing. Like, ask anybody who's serious about Arena, who's played a bunch of games of it, or plays it for a living or whatever. It is not rigged. Please stop with that. I mean, now we got to be real. If you can't get more than a couple of wins in a row, and you can't do more than 50-50, you just may not be as good as you think you are. I mean, being real about it. like yeah, That's I, hard for people to accept. Like, I know I'm not as good as I used to be at Magic. Like, because I used to buckle down, I would break down the metagame, I would work on one deck for, like, a month at a time, whatever. That's not what I'm doing anymore. Now I'm just playing a bunch of different cards, testing different decks every day, trying something new. I know I'm going to make mistakes and whatever, so I'm nowhere yeah, near Because your goals are completely different now. How, how many decks would you say you play over the course of a, of a standard season at this oh, point? I've had a standard season where I've played 100 different decks. Easily, yeah, and yeah. you're not. There's just not going to be a way for you to be probably like seventy to yeah, somewhere between like seventy five and eighty, probably for a season. Yeah, and there's just not a way to be as good playing a hundred different decks as you would be if you take no, whatever but, but standard hammer that. is. Like, and just, but not even just that. If I'm playing competitively, everything else is zoned out. I don't. I don't have my phone yeah. on. Whatever, right? I'm just focusing on the tournament. When I'm making stuff for arena, like. I've got social media open. I'm responding to an email. Like sometimes I'm streaming, whatever. Like I'm talking to people in chat. So like, of course I'm not going to play great. Like I'm not worried about that. My thing is just showing a deck doesn't work, whatever. Right. So my results aren't even necessarily going to be a hundred percent accurate because I know I'm making mistakes. Right. But we at some point have to be honest with ourselves and just say, Hey, you are going to make more mistakes than you think you are. And that's leading to some of the stuff looking rigged or not or whatever. Like some people are bad at mulligans that lead to more losses or whatever. There's so many intricate small things about Magic. And ultimately, even the best players still make mistakes that can lead to stuff. We see it all the time at the top level. So, yeah, like Arena's not rigged, at least not the latter anyway. Like taking one or two instances and trying to say, like, this is the thing. Like people do that in life and it causes them so many problems as it is. Like we got to be real about it. Like. One or two instances of something doesn't make a thing absolutely true. That's not how it works. Like, you got to have a long test over a long period of time with a bunch of different results. But, yeah, that's that's not a thing. And, again, like I said, even the thing they're worried about, literally, before I even saw those comments, I would just test them, immediately ran into two mono red decks. So it's just like, it was timing. That was it. They just happened to not be on while I was recording. Could I have played more to try to find mono red decks? Like, sure. But I already had good games that already were good for a video. So it's like, it, Great. it didn't make sense to record more. It, like, it would just added more playtime and editing time. So it wasn't really worth it. Exactly. But anyway, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, but you have something interesting you want to mention. You know, I, every time a superhero movie or TV show comes out and does not what we feel like it should do, like the Marvels, for example, people start talking about superhero fatigue. There's been too many superhero movies, too many people are tired of it. And no, that, that's not true anymore that people are tired of, of horror movies. 
If, if you make a, a good horror movie, I'm still going to watch it. If you make a good Captain America movie, I'm still going to watch it. But the thing I wanted to point out is, that, you know, if you're a minority, part of any marginalized community, we can't afford superhero fatigue. If they make a black superhero movie and nobody goes to see it, spoiler alert, they won't make another one. Because somebody in the room will say, well, you know, uh, I don't, Blade, let's say. Let's say Blade comes out and doesn't make any money. Oh, see, black superhero movies just don't uh, do well. It's not even in spite of everything two Black Panther movies did. That's just the way the industry... If you've heard Taraji P. Henson talking about how hard it is for her, somebody's been an Academy Award-nominated Black actress to get roles, to get jobs, and to stay relevant there. Hollywood is just, what have you done for me lately? So I guess the, the last example would be Echo, which just dropped on uh, Disney+. Plus. I mean, if, if you want them to keep making more superhero movies, this is what we talked about off-air, falls into multiple categories. Echo is apparently like Native American. Yep. She's a woman. Yep. She is deaf. I yep. think she, she's also an, an amputee. She's an amputee. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and go, see, go watch that show. Even if you are not enjoying it, finish the show so they make more. Because I will say that's one thing, you know, that, that Marvel has Marvel has done really well. It's like Hawkeye, I believe, is, is, is uh, hearing impaired. It's an echo, apparently, also mm-hmm. hearing impaired. Professor X, of course, one of the most famous you know, characters in a wheelchair probably of all time. And it doesn't stop him from leading the X-Men, doesn't stop him from being one of those powerful mutants on the planet and doing incredible things. But again, if you want them to keep making diverse content like this, you got to support it when it comes out. So for us, you know, to fall into any kind of marginalized category, we cannot afford to have any superhero fatigue. We need to you support know- these projects. That's an interesting perspective, really. I hadn't really thought about it like that, but but you're you're right. And for any type of thing, honestly, if yeah, not if, just superheroes, really. Yeah, if you if if people go a different direction and it doesn't get traction, a lot of times they'll just go like, "Well, see, it doesn't work," you know, right. without even doing two or three of them to see if. Well, no, the first one could have just been bad. You know what I mean? Like, right. like it's sometimes there's just a bad one, and whether it's representative or not. Like, if it's bad, it's bad. You know, at the end of the day. We're also during the pandemic, people couldn't figure out theater or streaming, theater or streaming. That mm-hmm. killed so many movies because there are just, especially superhero movies, Lord of the Rings, big epic style movies. In many cases, those are better seen in a theater where you can hear all the explosions and see all the laser beams. It just, it becomes a different experience, even no matter what kind of sound system you got at home. Just, I mean, remember, I, I can't imagine watching Avengers Endgame for the first time just by myself. Dude. It was a whole different experience being there with the crowd and hearing, you know, that, that that roar when Captain America steps out or when they open all the portals, you know, and all the heroes. It was a communal experience. Even with Black Panther, though, like, right. I think there was a lot of people like, I don't know, like, how many people are going to be into this? It's kind of like an unknown <laughs> character. But then, like, you see it in the theater and you're like, Wait a minute. Like you need to see it with a black audience. In general, though, like it, they made a good theater movie. Right. right? Like it had big epic scenes. The fight scenes were cool. Especially when they're like fighting on those like whatever, like rail train things or whatever. And like yeah. you know, that was all cool. 
you know, there was a lot of just neat stuff done that made it a good right. movie. But like you're saying, you know, after a point, you at least got a couple of good Blade movies, and then right. for some reason, Triple H showed up. <laughs> like, I don't know what happened. But then they were like, okay, yep, we see how we too far. No more Blade movies. So we're about to get a new one next year? Right. Or this year? I can't remember. Sometime in the next I year. think it's been pushed to 2025, because they, they're just part of this whole superhero fatigue thing is so many people reevaluating their projects. And again, that was it. Now, Ant-Man and the, and the Wasp is one where it's just, you had the bad time of your main villain got into an altercation with his girlfriend, and now that's going to well, yeah, screw that, up Marvel's whole time. We said that before, though. I, I think it was at least good that it happened when it did, because we were already in the writer's strike and the actor's strike, yeah. so they weren't able to film stuff for, like, what, six, seven months, whatever that was. So... You got to go ahead, get through the holidays, let the court case play out. You remove you, the dude. I wanted to say that this all, all the stuff I said, if somebody hits their girlfriend, nah, you're welcome to not go support that movie. Oh, I sure, completely sure. understand. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I, no problem with that. But I think now that at least between that and they also fired the person, if I understand, the person who was basically like, hey, you got to have a new thing on Disney every time the other one ends or whatever. Like that person who was in charge of that, I guess, is no longer there, is my understanding. So they're definitely taking a different look to release Cadence and how they're going to tell the story. And now you have to rewrite parts of the story because, if I'm not mistaken, the next was it Avengers movie or something was supposed to be titled something the King like Dynasty. Yeah, the Kang yeah. Dynasty. And it was like, well, <laughs> at least now, if you're going to continue, you at least get a chance to get a new Kang now. Like, yeah. So we'll see what happens. But no, I, I think that's a good point you raise, though. I really do. That. It's not something we think about, but like if you, let's say you are Native American, we haven't done, have we done up until Echo, have we really done a Native American superhero movie or series? I'm not familiar with one. Now, obviously because of all the the, the tropes about, uh, you know, magic Native Americans. Sure, sure. (laughs) Actually, as soon as I talked about those, I thought of one. Which you one? might remember it. it was during the uh, during the 1980s He-Man era. Phil Bation had a cartoon called Marshall Bravestar. Yeah, but dude, I'm talking about like modern. Like that that's a long time ago. I'm talking like in the superhero era, I guess. Oh, no, no, I mean, well, for, well, I mean, it yeah. took me a minute to remember if there had obviously there have been Native American superheroes. Oh yeah, yeah, because I mean, you have like Warpath and whatever. Yeah. Like we know they exist, but I'm saying we haven't really put them on screen though. And I will say definitely Brave Star had he definitely fell into all those Native American tropes because I think all his powers were like eyes of the hawk, speed of the puma. Yeah, it was very, you know, all Native Americans have magic power. That said, it was still a cartoon I enjoyed and sure, it addressed sure. issues like racism, for example. There was an episode I'm, I'm with you. I don't think that's bad. You know, I'm just thinking if you are into superhero movies or whatever. Some people haven't had representation, at least until this last year. And we started getting right. like, America Chavez on, on TV, yeah. and, you know, like it, it took a while for some people. And that's also going to be different for a lot of people who aren't used to seeing those stories told or played out. Right. Because even even with uh, Miss Marvel or wherever, we had that whole thing of dealing with the Muslim community and everything else and all that. Right. Like in. Right. All the Hinduism and, you know, all that was a thing that we hadn't really addressed in in comic or at least superhero comic movies before. Right. And in 
this one with Echo, you kind of go deep into the whole like Choctaw history to like the first Choctaw or whatever, right? Like, and that's yeah. something that people are going to learn about for the first time. And from what it looks like, most of it shot on location in Oklahoma. Okay. Which is pretty cool. Cause I, I recognize a couple of spots. So I'm like, I don't know if they just took pictures or if like how much was shot there, but it looked like it was shot with the natives and everything there. So that's also pretty cool. So it's a pretty authentically done thing while still telling the story around Echo and, and Kingpin and all that. Yeah. And for to understand, you don't, though it connects to Hawkeye and Daredevil, you don't need to have watched either of those to understand what's going on. No, they, they do a good, in your first 10 minutes of the first episode, you have all the information you need, right? I'm, I'm not going to give any spoilers if people plan to watch it. But yeah. Everything you need to know to get through the series is there. And it's a quick watch. You could probably watch the whole five episodes in like three and a half hours or so. It, it doesn't, it, it just flies by. Like, it's a very easy watch. So you should go support it. Go watch it. It's good stuff. <laughs> but that brings us to our next thing of what did we learn? Because it's uh, that time of the week. And there's some kind of interesting things here to talk about. So I'll let you go first because yours isn't as uh, frustrating as mine is probably going to be. Well, I mean, it, it may be frustrating to people that will take advantage of this lawsuit, but apparently, you know, Epic Games, maker of Fortnite, is going to have to pay $520 million as part of a class action lawsuit saying they misled millions of players, including, of course, children and teenagers, into making unintended purchases and... So, yeah, this is a lawsuit you can take a part in if you believe that, let's say, your kid snatched your credit card and bought V-Bucks and was unauthorized, or they accidentally clicked on something and bought some V-Bucks. There's a couple of categories you have to fall into, but I'll say I don't know how they go about verifying whether that happened to you or not. But something that if you feel like you fall into any of those categories – by all, now you're not going to get rich. Yeah, each person's. Well, we've we've done a couple of these, and oh, we yeah, usually yeah. end up getting maybe five or ten dollars or something. But hey, I think the only one I got, I got real money from one from Fifth Third Bank because they had financed my car, and they literally charged black and brown people more money for their loans. Like I remember hearing about one that. and a half or two oh, percent, something like that. So even though I had paid an extra, I don't know, like a thousand dollars over the course of the note. I got like 120 bucks or something out of it or whatever. So yeah. I got something, you know, that, that one was really scummy. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, and that, was, that was real. And, and, you know, and again, I know some people are going to be like, Oh, y'all are just woke and whatever. Like this stuff actually happens. Yeah. Like this is it, real. That's why we talk about don't it. just write $500 million checks. They, they write a half a billion dollar check. They, they they screwed up, and it was proven in court that it's they screwed funny, up. It's funny you say that, because that kind of puts in perspective how much money Fortnite makes, right? Yeah. That right. they have $500 million extra dollars yeah. that people believe they should not have. Like, right? Yeah, you know got I mean? us. All right. Yeah. Like, so that means they made some number of billions to where $500 million was, like, excess that they didn't have yeah. the right to. Right. And I'm talking about every every couple of months, especially when Fortnite first came out and was spitting hot like fire every month. For I think I wrote a couple of these stories for Gabertel of various sites, or there'd be some story about some kid getting a hold of their parents' credit card and running up two or three thousand dollars in V-Bucks before anybody and yes. Some there's supposed to be guardrails yeah, somewhere, yeah. Or mul multiple guardrails to prevent 
things like that from happening. Like on yeah. my PS5, I have to think that, hey, if anybody other than me tries to buy something, they got to put in, you know, my password and stuff. Yeah, that that's a thing. Like, I don't know if that in particular should be necessarily defended. Like, that's you got other problems if your kids are stealing your credit cards and whatever. But you're right. Like, if they set it up where, oh, you just buy this thing, and then like, oh, wait, but that actually causes you to buy this other item, or you got to get yeah, this as a yeah, package to get this seven, other thing. I don't know yeah. what V bucks are in real time. They have no understanding of what money is because they don't pay any of their own bills. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's also true. And, and Fortnite is pretty much admitting their economy was kind of designed to, hey, look, look at this cute thing. Look at this. Look, I mean, look at the loot llama. You got to buy what, it. I don't I think we shouldn't be marketing to kids as a whole for any serious stuff. I also I mean, admittedly, we grew up in an era where every cartoon was basically a commercial for action figures. Yeah. Like, you know, so that is what it is. But the I'll tell you, the one that got me was when I went off to college and realized that they can market the crap out of you for like credit cards and phones and whatever, like getting you in these crazy debt packages. Mm-hmm. And not only is it legal, they have deals with different campuses to like put them in welcome bags and whatever. And I'm yeah. like, how though? Like, you know, a lot of these kids barely have any money just to get to school, you know? And then like, you're like, ah, oh, it'd be fine. Just take the, and not only that, we wouldn't give them a loan just to go to school easily. But we'll let you sign up for this like ten thousand dollar credit line or whatever, right? Like, come on, man. <laughs> we could have a whole different soapbox about the higher education industry. Yeah. It is an industry. Yeah, that's a mess. But yeah, if you hey, go look it up. If you do play Fortnite, you might be able to get a few bucks back. I assume it's gonna be like fifty dollars or something, but hey, you can get your piece of the pie. Might as well go yeah. get some. Go get you a Optimus Prime skin or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Now, mine is a little tough because it looks like it's still a developing story, but AI again. You know, we, yeah. it came up that apparently after this whole writer strike and actor strike with the whole SAG-AFTRA uh, organization, which is basically what the writers and artists are signed up to to negotiate on their behalf or whatever with their union, they apparently made an agreement, which sounds like with the video game industry, that you will now be able to enter into a process where you can work with the studio. They can record your voice or whatever. And then in the future, just use your voice trained on their AI systems to create voices for their future projects. Now they still would have to pay you for that, but obviously it would be less than they would pay you coming in for a day rate and recording stuff and all that. Now the problem becomes that the union says, yeah, we talked to our people and they were fine with this. But then actors like, no. over the next over the past, I guess, two or three days, it's been pretty much all the people that do voice acting for video games for a living. Right. They're like, I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah. And the biggest names are saying, like, I didn't know. Nobody asked me about it. Like, so, yeah, for example, the the uh, woman that currently voices Ash Ketchum from Pokemon, that I heard nothing about this. <laughs> and if if Ash Ketchum didn't get asked, you'd figure nobody got asked. It's a very important. Oh, it's it's just crazy because that is a very big market for voice actors. One, probably the biggest market for voice actors, yeah. honestly. And to have none of the biggest names in that industry weigh in on it seems like an incomplete job by the union. Now, the way it people feels are, like they're just trying to say, "Hey, video game actors aren't as important as the rest of these actors," and they're going to do an end around. Yeah, there's no way they'd have done a similar deal and wouldn't have asked. Brad Pitt 
Samuel L. Jackson, so and so on without, you know, this is this seems real, real shady. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I don't know which way it's gonna go from here. Cause obviously it sounds like there probably needs to be some renegotiations or something or whatever, because there is a lot of uproar. Yeah. Now, you know, as I do, there's always going to be somebody new who wants to come up and get in the industry and get their voice. Mm-hmm. So like, if nothing changes, it's going to be tough for these people that do make a living doing that because their yeah. pay basically gets chopped down. I assume it can't be any less than 30%, you know, even if they are using their voice or whatever, the only way it works out better for them, if it's just somehow magically, there are not a lot more projects because people can now afford their voice or something. Yeah. And then they get paid for their voice being used in all these extra projects. But I don't see that being a thing because we know how expensive it is to make more video games. So one of the problems, you know, one of the problems with AI voices, if you watch any of the YouTube channels that, that make a habit out of using AI voices is how robotic they sound and how it doesn't sound like any real human beings were used in the creation of these videos. But, if you apply that to video games, which are full of robots with monotonous voices and ships computers or aliens that don't speak English properly, there's a whole lot of ways you can cram robotic voices in there and you hope the 12-year-old kid playing the game doesn't notice and doesn't care that no actual actor was used. Yeah. I don't, I don't know which way it's going to go. I, I feel for the actors, legitly, because you do sign up as part of the, you pay dues or whatever to operate on your behalf. Right. And with your best interest. And you're not always going to like everything they do, obviously, because nothing's going to work for everybody, but you can at least understand how you got there. But this is one of these cases where it doesn't sound like they really, at least nobody big in the industry has come forward and said they were consulted on voice acting for video games and digital products. So that that's a tough one. I, it feels like somebody just did not care, probably, I mean, I guess. No. Or, like you said, maybe didn't see that as that important or didn't understand the importance or whatever. So this is one of those stories we're probably going to have to keep eyes on and see. This, this is how so many laws get made or don't get made because the dinosaurs in charge don't understand AI video games. Like if you saw Mark Zuckerberg trying to explain Facebook to to our senators, that's kind of what this feels like. Just somebody didn't know what they were signing off on. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's get into some topics because uh, we're going to run long here as it is. But yeah, definitely some stuff to cover here. So uh, this one doesn't come as a huge surprise as much as we've talked about Twitch constantly saying they're losing money, but. Twitch announced layoffs, and then shortly after that, we saw that Amazon announced some layoffs from what looks to be mostly from the Amazon Prime Video department. But yeah, a little bit of crazy news. Uh, you know, Twitch has finally started doing some things right, <laughs> sadly. Yeah. And, you know, I just think the the stuff from the past is just still catching up with them, you know, and they've had to release some people. I guess this shouldn't shock us because uh, we've heard for years that Twitch has not been profitable and that everybody that has tried to do the same thing has stopped it after not being profitable. Microsoft attempted to do Mixer and they ended that pretty quickly because they weren't profitable and didn't see any path to profitability. Uh, Facebook gaming has kind of pulled back. I think they still exist, but they aren't spending nearly as much money as they were at the beginning trying to go head to head and compete with Twitch. So I guess they weren't 
making the inroads they hope they would. Kick, uh, they are, I don't know what their finances are, but they seem to morally be a failure for whatever that's yeah. worth. They just... I think the issue is we might just now be narrowing in on what actually needs to be done for streaming. Cause I feel like for a while we were doing this like huge, like, I don't know, just throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks for a yeah. minute. And money was being spent left and right. We're hiring people for different stuff, but then it turns out like, do you really need all that? You know, like, and now it's like, Oh, we're finding out, well, maybe these things aren't what we need. Just something that helps with people getting discovered and saving a couple of clips is good enough. Right. That's all you really need on your streaming service. You don't need all these extras. And maybe maybe that's the thing. But as far as the Amazon Prime video thing, the thing I found interesting is I don't even know how many people are paying for it that don't just have it as part of their prime deal. You know, like it's also true. I don't I don't have those numbers. You know, because they said, hey, and I think it's this month or next month. Price is going to go up two ninety nine. But I'm like, who's actually paying for it? that doesn't have prime. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know anybody. Everybody I know has it because they have Amazon prime. I guess there must be a, a small amount. Cause they wouldn't, do they figure they're getting some money from somewhere? Yeah. And I, I, I wish I saved the source, but recently I read that the only streaming service that saw a significant increase in users was YouTube TV. And that's largely because there's Sunday ticket deal that they got for the NFL. Yeah, so, the NFL is America's true religion, so that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so two years from now, they'll probably be back to normal numbers on increases are being stagnant. But we've seen a lot of people leave streaming services. And I think it's largely because if you start talking about people tightening their pocketbooks or whatever, what's the easiest thing to cut? Your streaming yeah. services, right? Because there's so many of them, and they're all raising their prices. And now I think the average price of a lot of these streaming services is like 14 15 bucks. So yeah. you can save... Hell, in some cases, probably $40, $50 a month. <laughs> you just cut out a couple of streaming services, right? Yeah. And I'm, I am I will say, like, the only one I'm really paying for is Hulu because I got Amazon Prime free as part of Prime. Yeah. Right? I've got Disney Plus as part of my Hulu package. I also have ESPN Plus that I've never watched a minute of. I yeah, have, ESPN, I'll tell anybody that wants to know, ESPN Plus right now is just sad. And again, I only have it because it comes with the Hulu Disney package. Yeah, I, I've got Peacock, but that's because it comes free with my Xfinity internet. And then I have Netflix that I get basically free or really cheap because it's part of my T-Mobile package. So I'm only really paying for one streaming service, and that's Hulu. And that's going to be the future. I already heard that ESPN is possibly talking to Apple about if, if Disney ends up just separating ESPN from their bundle, possibly having it be packaged on iPhones that are probably already at the rate we're going, will come with at least one gambling app on them anyway. Because yeah, it's amazing how fast we went from sports sports and gambling can't coexist to everything is the official dfs of the nfl the official betting partner of major league baseball yeah it's, it's a it's a tough one man like you don't want to see anybody lose their jobs obviously no. ever it's just tough because like these are ones we kind of go yeah but i also kind of get it right we've we've yeah. heard forever that twitch wasn't making any money we know people aren't using more streaming services and again, I don't even know who's paying for Amazon Prime Video, which is sad because they do 
apparently make a decent amount of movies. I see them advertise all the time. They're making. Oh yeah, they have some pretty good movies. Or, TV or show Invincible is on Amazon yeah. Prime. But I, but I've just not watched any of it. I've had access to it this whole time, and I don't think I've booted up a minute just to watch something for my own entertainment. I think I've watched one thing, one movie with like family because they wanted to watch a thing and it was on there. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think we're going to see this sadly with a lot more streaming services probably throughout this year. And I don't think it's avoidable. I think as more people just cut back and start realizing, yeah. like, man, I'm paying more than I used to pay for cable. And a lot of these streaming services have like one thing you want to watch. And you're like, well, I guess I'll just do without it. You know what I mean? Like, I will say from a, an acting standpoint, I'm happy they exist because it's already so hard to get a movie or a TV show made. Sure. And Absolutely. when you only had, you know, when you could only pitch it to movie studios or you can only, maybe there's only nine or ten cable. Because there's the, the HBO, yeah, they're a prestige network. They buy shows. They do cable. TLC doesn't buy TV shows. Yeah. Now, not any, you know, not anything with actors. TLC shows, you know, reality TV all day. Which again, not hey, nobody that watches reality TV. But yeah, if you're trying to pitch a TV show, there's 50 networks you can't pitch it to because they don't do scripted shows. So yeah, definitely things like Amazon. Paramount Plus, all these streamers give you other avenues to sell content to. Oh, yeah. People don't even realize Netflix and Hulu have been some of the biggest studios for producing new stuff. Right. Which is crazy. Like Netflix is was, I believe, for two or three years running, was like the largest producer of comedy as far yeah. as movies and stand up specials and whatever. Oh, yeah. So if when you I were was growing up, you dreamed about it. When I grew up, you dreamed of having your own HBO comedy special. No, now it's Netflix. Yep. You want a Netflix special. So the landscape's definitely changed. And you still have YouTube integrating a bunch of stuff because they're starting to make yeah. some content and people can watch movies there. So, like, hell, before we know it, everything's going to be on YouTube. I mean, like, yeah. at this rate, because they seem to have a little bit of everything. Breaking but, Bad, hey, while it was created by AMC, it really took off. When people, when, you know, Netflix put all, I think, the first four or five seasons on Netflix and then allowed people to binge watch it, that's when it became a phenomenon. Yep, you got to have access. So this would be interesting to see where that goes in the next few weeks, how it affects even Prime, because we talked about it too. You know, Prime, which we had to look it up. You don't even have to be a Prime member to watch the NFL, which is the best thing they had this year on Thursdays. Yeah. But that might sure be the future. Yeah. We'll see if that they're changes. Doing the, they're doing the drug dealer. Hey, first hit of first hit of the NFL is free. Yeah. Now you got to pay us for it. Especially if you just have to sign up for prime because you're already getting all the other benefits. So like, whatever. Right. Why wouldn't NFL, you? right? So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But uh, let's talk about something else that's interesting here with wizards. So as it turns out, if you want to be an artist, you do have an opportunity right now. If you go to the MagicCon Chicago website, they actually are taking submissions for artwork. So if you have a portfolio or website or whatever to reference, they're taking looks at them and they're going to select some number of people to come in and do art reviews and things at MagicCon Chicago. So they are looking for more artists for more projects. And my guess is this largely probably stems from all these universes beyond stuff, probably looking for different styles of artwork for those. Probably also for all these secret layers they make, because we keep seeing all the different styles of artwork and frames and different things. So I don't think it even matters the style of work you do. It's just, hey, do you want to be on a magic card? <laughs> right? You want your artwork on there? Go submit, because you don't get many opportunities. This might be one of those ones where like, hey, this is your chance to get found. 
They are taking submissions, I believe, until January 28th. So you don't have a ton of time. You've got a couple of weeks to get stuff to them. But probably also because they want to review things and if they want to set up meetings, they want to give you a couple of times to make a couple of weeks to make your arrangements to, to be in Chicago. So, yeah, just want to put that out there because I think that is an opportunity for people for sure. Uh, you know, as much as we said, you know, the AI art issues or whatever. Yeah, if you're are, a robot, please don't submit. Yeah, they are actually trying to still get more artists for more projects. And I guess maybe this is their way to like, hey, let's also tell people, hey, here's how we're proving it. We're going to bring some number of people in and give them some jobs. So we'll see what happens. It's obviously going to be contract gigs and whatever. But hey, if you're trying to get paid for your art and put your art on a magic card, here's a way we could do it, you know? Uh, but yeah, so we're we're already well over time. <laughs> like, but let's go ahead and hop into the dinner table here. And this should be a fun conversation because I for real don't know your answer on this. So, and I'm sure you don't know mine either, actually. So I don't know mine. Let alone yours. So the question here is what basically what would your ideal convention be? Like what would get you excited? What would you want it to have? And it could be anything. It could be the subject matter that it covers, the location, the guests, whatever. Like, what what would make an ideal convention for you? I mean, well, I the one I've been meaning to get to, and I guess maybe it's not my ideal because I haven't been to one yet, but I do want to go to like a classic TV convention and just uh, could be sitcoms, I guess could be sci-fi, some combination thereof, because just every year we're losing more of those stars and, you know, more of those stories. and. See, oh, that definitely cool. is one that, that I want to, at some point, want to do. So like a convention where none of the properties could be more than like, they have to be at least 30 years old or 40 years old. I don't necessarily have to be 30 or okay. 40 years old because you can still, I mean, you can be a classic or a, like, for example, Freaks and Geeks is considered a cult TV show. I guess the 90s was 30 Dude, years Freaks, ago. Now, like, Freaks and Geeks is 30 years old. <laughs> yeah, I keep forgetting how. But even something like what's Serenity, I guess. Well, it was Serenity. Serenity was early 2000. Serenity is at least 20 some. Yeah, probably about yeah. 25 years old. It's getting there. So, yeah, I guess it could be within the, the 20, 40, or really, I guess, anything, you know. that. Yeah, I feel like 30 would, it feels like 30 would be classified as classic, right? Because then you're talking about, like, 80s sitcoms, you know, some some of those, like, I don't know, Remington Steel, some of those, like, Murder, She Wrote, you know, like, like I don't know. But actually, that's a cool idea. I hadn't thought about that. That's actually kind of sweet, right, to just go, like, hey, all these, because it would be, like, the attendees would all be people who, like, grew up watching those people. Yeah. That would be kind of a different thing. That's kind of neat, actually. Also, we're to the point now where a lot of these shows are being reanimated. So if you could get, let's say, I don't know, like Lee Majors with uh, with the, the, the new Bionic Woman, because they redid Bionic Woman. Yeah. A few, heck, the, the second incarnation of Bionic Woman may classify as, as classic TV. I think that, I want to say that was like early 2000s. That would be cool, though, too, as a, like a feature of the convention, like stuff that's being redone. Like, I don't know, like maybe there's some new Ninja Turtles with some old Ninja Turtles or whatever. Right. right? Like that could be a fun thing to have at the show, even as an, an attraction. So like, like, yeah, the second one was 2007. So, yeah, that's already been almost 20 years, which is wild. Or, like a good example is probably Power Rangers, right? Where yeah. you have some newer ones and some older ones and you can have Definitely. them on the same same Q&A panels or whatever. That could be kind of cool. I could get behind that, actually. I think for me, what would be a fun event 
would be something interactive. So like you come in, you know, you're going to get to mess with stuff, play with things, whatever. But maybe like a true testing consumer show, because I don't feel like we have those. Like everybody kind of does like private testing or they have like their testing facilities, whether they're working on making a game or a new car or whatever. Like, I think it would be cool to have an event where you come in and like, that's where they're going to get all of their consumer data, right? People walking in and you're trying, like, almost like when you got to go, like, this is years ago, but like, I remember going to Epcot Center in, in Disneyland or whatever in, in Orlando. And they had like some of the first video phones, right? And that was cool to like, they were already yeah. done. So it wasn't like testing, but like, it was cool to see a new piece of technology before like the world had it. Just right. be like, oh, wow, I can talk to somebody on video, even though they're on the other side of this wall or whatever. Like, this is crazy. So, like, having a whole show of that would be kind of cool to just, like, buy a ticket and you know you're just going to be, like, every single booth is somebody talking about something new or showing something inventive or a whole section of just, like, video game testing, you know, whatever. And I, th- and I wonder if, like, you would get better products from having, like, real average people just stroll in and be like, oh, this is good, but maybe it doesn't work because I have kids. Or, you know, you, maybe you think you have a certain headset or visor, but then you're like, oh, but it doesn't fit right with people with glasses or whatever, right? That type of stuff that you might miss in your testing when you have literally thousands of people coming through could be kind of cool. So I, I'd want like, maybe that's an interactive testing consumer show. I don't know what that would have to look like. Right. But, but yeah, and, and it couldn't be anywhere super big because like you couldn't have it be a super expensive venue. So it couldn't be like in L.A. It couldn't be in New York. It'd have to be like, I don't know, in Indianapolis or something. That's like a big city, but like somewhat affordable. It'd have to be in like one of those locations, I think, to make it work out right. But yeah, I'd be down with that. Um, I don't know. Y'all let me know what you think about those or if you have crazy ideas for a cool convention that doesn't exist already because it seems like so many things do but they're all kind of the same just different variations but like yeah i think there's probably some cool ideas we didn't even think about but brian much of they can find you on social media i am brian sonic on twitter and instagram and you can find me everywhere power dragon p-o-w-r-d-r-a-g-n and man just keep being good out there y'all so As always, whenever you're watching or listening, whenever you're watching or listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourselves and your family. Remember to be awesome, and most importantly, be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate under patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base.